0: How is it that all these animals manage to navigate our dense northern woods? Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. Early darkness, overnight frosts, clattering tree branches, fewer birds and bugs on the landscape, it's late fall in the north. And while setting our clocks back an hour early in November is shocking, it does force a slower pace. I do still rush around during the limited daylight hours we have trying to get outdoor things done, but once darkness falls, there's only so much I can do. So I do my best to shift my own patterns to match nature's slower-paced patterns. One recent gray Sunday morning, I was looking out the window through the hot steam rising from my mug of coffee when across the room, my dog's whole body shifted from relaxed to alert in an instant. I looked where she was staring and saw a large gray raptor swoop down over the front deck and dart through some trees before settling on a branch halfway up a large white pine, not far from the window where I was sitting. This gave me the unique opportunity of being able to observe this bird from a relatively close distance without it even knowing I was there, allowing me to identify it as an elusive goshawk. I knew the moment was likely fleeting. Such large raptors rarely stay in one place for very long. So I struggled with indecision about how to best observe it and confirm my guess that it was a goshawk. Should I get up and grab my camera? That would have required changing lenses and going outside, the time and effort of which may have meant the bird flew away without me getting a good look. Or should I get up to get my binoculars? Again, my movement to do that might have spooked the hawk. So instead, I stayed still and mentally noted the characteristics that seemed important. It was almost entirely adorned in shades of gray, with the darkest gray on the top of its head and the whitest parts underneath its tail and above the eye, and it was about the size of a red-tailed hawk. Of course I looked away at the moment it took off, but I was able to notice how it skillfully weaved around the chaotic web of tree branches and trunks as it flew into the distance. With these visual characters and behaviors in mind, I was able to confirm that I had just had a rare encounter with a female goshawk. These are one of a few hawk species that overwinter here in Maine, though if their prey is scarce on a particular year, they will move much farther south than usual. Goshawks are year-round birds in North America from Alaska across to easternmost Canada and down as far as Pennsylvania in the east, and through the Rockies down through northwestern Mexico in the west. Some spend winters in the Midwest and even eastern Massachusetts and Connecticut, but not the summer breeding season. These fierce predators eat mostly birds and small mammals, like partridges, crows, snowshoe hares, and squirrels. Goshawks are categorized as excipitor hawks, known for their long tails and short, rounded wings that allow them to fly quickly and effectively through dense forests. This quick flight through a forest seems a simple behavior to accomplish for small excipiters like sharpshinned hawks, which are about the size of a blue jay, but female goshawks are the largest of our exhibitors and seem too bulky to be able to crash through some of our dense main forests. That's probably why they are a bit choosy about the forest types they rely on. They nest in mature forests with more than 60% closed canopies, often in mixed hardwood forests as opposed to thick spruce fir forests. Because goshawks display a high level of sexual dimorphism, meaning the males and females look quite different, The males have it a little easier, as they are only about the size of a large crow as opposed to the females being closer to the size of a red-tailed hawk. So the next time you're outside, you could take a close look at the forests near you to determine whether it would be a good habitat for a goshawk. Do snowshoe hares or partridges thrive near you? Is the canopy mostly closed? Is there a mix of old-growth trees like hemlocks, maples, or birches? Is there a break in the canopy nearby, like a tote road, stream, or a pond? If not, now's a great time of year to find ways to support your local conservation organization that works to protect large swaths of land for the benefit of humans and wildlife alike. You can find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and how to contact us by visiting archives.weru.org. Let us know if you have a nature topic you'd like us to cover in our show. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology.